is Market Open Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations and insights from leading ASX-listed companies. We welcome our host, Stuart Walters, for another episode, where he'll talk to the individuals behind Australia's top companies of tomorrow. Joining me today is Daniel Tuffin, the Managing Director and CEO of Panther Metals, ASX Code PNT. Daniel is used to production. He was on the mining team for Barrick in WA's Goldfields and has accumulated success as a private mine developer. But now as Managing Director and CEO of Panther Metals, he is back on the ASX and recently acquired a tenement that could be the missing piece to getting Panther's Laverton assets on the trail to mining. Daniel, thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Thanks for having me. So you've identified three gold targets and made another acquisition for your Laverton Gold project. What's the greater significance here? We've identified three gold targets south of the Connell Prospect um, in, as part of a greater Laverton Gold project. The Cobbett-Well prospect in and of itself is known for historic nugget occurrences. Um, there's been quite a lot of scrape and detect in the past. Um, the three targets really form a missing link in a greater, or well, what is now a greater 30 kilometre long mineralised corridor running from a really high grade gold area Birdville East all the way through to our recent discovery at 40 mile camp called the Picnic Well Prospect. So it's of great significance uh, in that we have discovered the missing link and we really look forward now to utilising that information to generate further gold targets. And how's the quality of these gold targets? World class. And you'd expect that as well, given the um, the area that it's in. It's in a tier one mining province, contains companies like Barrick Gold and Anglo Gold Ashanti. Uh, Genesis Minerals are moving into the area as well. Uh, you know, To give you an idea of some of the the wealth of these targets. We did 600 metres of drilling at the top of this particular corridor now we've, we've discovered uh, at Birdville East. And that drilling came back with an intercept. One of the, one of the intercepts was 15 metres at 54 grams a tonne from 27 metres deep. Uh, it was peaking at Bonanza gold grades of 16 ounces to the tonne per metre. Um, so, you know, that and that particular drilling in and of itself discovered three new gold loads. So, you know, the quality is world-class, uh, and we now have uh, an unrestricted access to 35 kilometres of tenure um, covering this mineralised gold belt. Daniel, it looks like the land's in prime gold territory. Why hasn't there been more drilling in the area? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think there's three main reasons. The first being that there's a lot of large companies in the area, um, and, and and you get a bit mill-centric when you're looking to provide seed to a large mill, you're looking at maybe a 20 kilometre radius. Uh, however, once you've depleted those resources and reserves, you need to start looking outwards. So then what happens is those companies then look to land farm, so to speak. So they'll take an oil, what they think is prospective ground, but then they'll sit on it. They'll do moon expenditure. Um, for, and they can hold it for in WA, depending up to you know eight to 10 years doing this sort of stuff. The other reason is... Um, some of this ground is undercover. So some of the targets that we have, um, which proof of concept was, say, Picnic Ridge at 40 Mile Camp, our recent small drill program out there, um, there's no outcropping indicators. So you really have to use or, or apply simple modern techniques like geochemical soil sampling with, um, you know, fly, fly gravel, you know, do your mag and, and put your geophys over the top of it. And say, for example, when we did that at 40 Mile Camp, it lit up 
a five by five kilometer target that had never been drilled. So, you know, you've got a couple of reasons there. And the third one being is that you need continuity. Um, some of these guys, because of how they're sort of chopping and changing and farming and holding, you, you don't necessarily see that continuity of drilling across that whole area or a belt. And in this case, that's what sort of stopped the, the exploration on a grander scale at the Laverton Gold Project. Now, what Panther's been able to do is combine, what is it, uh, I think it was two or three different parties plus peaks on its own ground over the last three or four years. So some of this was occurring before our, uh, uh, we'd listed. And we managed to, you know, end up with that whole continuous package over 35 kilometres for that gold project. So that, that in and of itself is, is no meat and feet and it requires some patience. But once we got that done, we were able to take it to market. There's also been a lot of chatter around consolidation in the sector. Has there been much talk around M&A in Laverton? Well, yeah, you only need to look no further than 100 kilometres to the west where, where Leonora lies. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of hot M&A action going on out that way. Uh, Genesis with some barbs and uh, the recent acquisition of Kin. Um, uh, well, ground from Kin anyway, Bruno and Lewis uh, out in Burtondale, the, the, the resources up that way. And, you know, now you're talking about, what, Red 5 uh, and Silver Lake. So that's not that far away, and it's going to start to slide east. And you don't get any further east on the um, eastern goldfields, Yilgarn, Creighton, than, than Laberton, really. Um, you've got maybe a couple of hundred kilometres of desert to the east after that before you hit um, the uh, Gold Road sort of structures. Uh, so, yeah, there is M&A around. There is chatter in the sector. I wouldn't be surprised if um, we start seeing some of that sort of action happening in the next well, quarter or two. And how would you compare working for public and private mining companies? Yeah, I think I'll throw a third one in there as well as a consulting firm for about a couple of decades to set up. Um, it's it's interesting. So private companies are a lot more nimble. When you are privately mining, you, you take a lot of risk on board. So it's a risk-reward scenario. Um, you, you can move faster. But, you know, you are shouldering a heck of a lot of risk. Whereas a public co, uh, it's got a bit more funding behind it. Um, and if you, if you require further funding, you can go to market. You can go to your shareholders and say, hey, guys, we're almost there. Or, you know, hey, we just need a little bit more to get stage two done. Um, so you can, you can sort of lean on that a bit. The, the administration and, and type of work you do to, say, get a, um, a mining company up and going is very similar for both private and public entities. The only difference being is that for a public co, you, you, in Western Australia anyway, you, um, you you really need to get yourself a chalk ore reserve. So you need a, a PFS for that. But so Panther's not really a mining company in and of that sort of sense. It's more of an exploration co. Uh, well, it is an exploration co. But it does have um, you know a really large um, nickel cobalt asset at Coblitia, 70 odd million tonnes. Um, which you know, we've done some recent extension of drilling out there and we're looking to convert into an MRE. Uh, if, oh, sorry, upgrade the MRE. Now, now if we were looking to then go forward private to go mining that, um, we would just have to prove the state mining engineer, well, not just have to, but we could just prove the mining state engineer that that was economic. Given that we are a public co, we, we then now need to progress once the scoping study is complete to a pre-feasibility study or a feasibility study to tick off the um, the jaw compliances for an ore reserve. 
Do you have any more portfolio movement planned? And is Laberton the focus for you going forward? Laberton is our focus going forward. Uh, we have a completely dominant land holding now, a footprint um, southeast and west of Laberton. Uh, it, it rivals Barrick, it rivals uh, Anglo Gold's holding, uh, even the old Dacian sort of packages together. Uh, the Laverton Gold project in and of itself is a dominant land holding. And we have um, quite a large holding over the Cobliga area, which we're converting into a mining lease to go in there you know, in a couple of years' time, once we've done the feasibility work, to start really mining out some nickel cheaply and processing it ourselves on site. Um, portfolio movement, not so much as we're looking to, to bring anything else in. We're more waiting so we have the Marlin Nickel Sulfide project to the northeast of Cochlea. That's a that's an outcrop in Gosson. Uh, it's re- so it's really close to surface. You're talking like 20 meters at one percent nickel from eight meters deep. Um, so there's a lot of uh, upcoming work we can do there and can add further nickel to our boat. Um, and to the uh, east of Windara, we've got a package out there yeah, that's still pending as well. Both of them are are just going through the regular um, regular agreements. So we, we don't see them um, having any impediments and we look to bring them into the, uh, into the Panther fold within the next half year, I'd imagine. So, you know, it's it's actually really, it's, it's exciting for us. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to keep a lid on it really because we've got what could be or has been described as a as a potential worldwide, a world-class asset, that Coglia. Um, world-class nickel asset um, and we're pairing that now with um, what is really high grade high quality gold assets with the Laberton Gold project so you know if I'm looking at Panther as a gold miner in the area and needing feed I'm thinking to myself these guys I'm looking to to, to see what they're doing over the next year or so um, you know what, what are they what are they doing in these assets uh, if they're converting them into resources, I'm keeping them on the radar because I'm going to need that feed. And that's exactly what the plan's going to be for the gold assets. Start developing them into resources and really provide that future feed for your, your Granny Smith uh, mill, your, your uh, Sunrise Dam, mill of Australia, etc. Uh, whereas for the nickel, which is really exciting, um, it's, it's actually uh, a, a bit of a problem. It's a good problem to have, but we're a micro cap with um, something that's worth quite a, a substantial amount of money in the ground and and that's that's not being reflected at the moment that's all in our share price and that's why we um you know we did this last round of extensional drilling and went straight to a scoping study so we can put some numbers around this and really show the punters out there that you know, what the worth of this company actually is and lastly if you fast forward 12 months what does a successful year look like for you and the panther metals team we achieved what we set out to do with coldlier first and foremost, which is put some numbers around it. We'll get the scoping study out, hopefully by the end of this quarter. You know, utilize that to generate interest in a, in a potential offtake. There are, there are those around at the moment that are, are looking to take some more risk on for what is, you know, green nickel, essentially. Um, laterite gets a bit of a, laterite nickel deposits got a bit of a bad name in Australia. And I think it's just a, it's a hangover from the Anaconda days. Uh, lateritic nickel is actually way more easy to extract than, than sulfides. Um, it's not as deep. And you can actually capture the carbon. So you can make your processing um, method carbon neutral. Um, you throw in some battery operating trucks and you know, you've know got yourself a rigid green uh, nickel operation. 
Um, with regards to the gold, as I, as I alluded to before, you know, what we ever want to be in the next 12 months, it is starting to put some resources on the board, start to bank some resources into the ground and build up that that um, that asset uh, and ledger so that we we can then look around and say, okay, guys, we've got X amount of ounces and resource in the ground. Do you want to come in now or, you know, we'll happily then utilize our, our in-house skills and convert these into uh, ore reserves. So, and the at that stage, if you've got an oil reserve and and uh, you know it's it's amenable to heat bleaching too, you might be looking at doing yourself. It's clearly an exciting time for Panther Metals with a busy work program ahead. Daniel, I wish you every success and look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Thank you, Stuart. Cheers. That concludes another episode of Market Open Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, Twitter, RSS.com, and MarketOpen.com.au. Until next time, happy investing. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of this material as legal tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. Market Open and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent, legal, financial taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Market Open or any third party to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments in this or any jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the security laws of such jurisdiction.